you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Wednesday, December 13th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest making his first appearance on the pod. Okay, get a load of this resume. In the collegiate ranks, he is the pride of the bison, the cardinal, and the wolverines. That's Howard Stanford in Michigan, by the way. If you're scoring at home, I assume you are. In the professional (laughs) ranks, he's the pride of the deep breath. You ready for this, Sean? The Jets, the Niners, the Bears, the Colts, the D.C. Defenders, the Chargers, and the Texans. Do you dig? He's the newest member of the NFL media family of licensed football analysts. He's Alfonso Hamilton, known to the world as Pep. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Pep Hamilton. That's a first. Alfonso, that's official. Uh, Your most recent port of call in the NFL, Pep Hamilton, thank you so much for being here, was in Houston. How pleased are you? For D'Amico Ryans, thought to have inherited the biggest challenge in the NFL, and C.J. Stroud, thought to have earned a top-pick consideration in spite of test-inspired doubts about his abilities. Well, I live in Houston, and it's been refreshing to watch what I consider one of the best NFL cities franchise franchises enjoy uh, some success with uh, not just a young coach, but a young quarterback that's very talented. Yeah. And we knew the bones were in place. It was just a matter of, of uh, really just recovering from just losing some key players over the years and, and uh, accumulating draft capital and now ultimately having the foundation uh, with, with a quarterback that's special, uh, to say the least, uh, that you can build on for years to come. You've been all around the NFL map based on your resume alone, the stories of which could, will, as should, and hopefully in the days to come will, uh, take up hours on this podcast. But why is Houston such a perfect NFL city? It always starts with the fan base. You know, the fan base in Houston is, is dying for a winning football team. And uh, you know, I have a son that plays high school football in Houston, and the high school football in Houston is uh, as advertised in the state of Texas in general. It's, it's, there's an insatiable appetite for football in the state of Texas. Well, Friday Night Lights, when I think of Friday Night Lights, Pep, I think of the state of Texas. That's what I think of. And I'm a Virginia yeah. boy. Yeah, rightfully so. You know, I, I watch the movies, Varsity Blues, Friday Night Lights, all the above. And, but to live it, you know, every Friday night when the entire town shuts yeah. down and, and uh, the only thing working in the town is the street lights, uh, it's really uh, refreshing to know that there is a way to bring communities together and, and even just for a moment uh, and, and have a shared experience that brings us all joy and excitement. In Fort Worth, all the lights are shining bright, pretty lights of green and blue or red and blue. <laughs> God, I'm trying to think of that. That was a Steve Earle line, although I think that was a Towns Van Zant song. Anyway, uh, Fort Worth Blues. Look it up, listener. A mournful, beautiful song about uh, about Texas. Okay, listen. Both D'Amico Ryan's and C.J. Stroud are 
passing their respective tests. Um, and you've got some Houston Texans blood left running through your veins. Absolutely. So pretty cool to see what's happening there. Yeah. It's pretty interesting to see what's happening all over the NFL this season, which takes me to the title of today's show, Plan B. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and on today's show, well, it's been a year of Plan B in effect all over the NFL. To this moment in time, listener, get a load of this. There have been 54 starting quarterbacks in the NFL this season. That's through week 14. Now, 68 starting quarterbacks took the field in 2022. That is a record that was last year, right? right? And this year, we're on pace to beat it, but Pep, I think you'll agree that the phrase on pace doesn't doesn't exactly apply right. in this case, right? It's uh, such are the vagaries of being a human being. But 54 starting quarterbacks so far. By kickoff Sunday, we'll be at 56. 56 Easton right. Stick, Nick Mullins, the next men up. Wherever we end up at season's end, listener, these are astonishing numbers that speak to many things. Impatience, pressure on coaches to make change in order to achieve instant result. Pressure on players to perform in conditions designed by smart people like you and executed by world-class athletes to both stop you and hurt you. And that speaks to another unavoidable factor, injury, misfortune. Having some bad freaking luck, ask the Jets, ask the Colts, the Chargers, the Vikings, the Giants, the Patriots. Shit, ask well over half of the teams in the NFL. That we know. But the reason why that's happening is not talked about enough, and that's why Pep Hamilton is the man in the chair today. Thank you for your patience on that intro. Pep Hamilton, why is all of this happening? To anybody else, it would be too overarching a question to you. It's a rather focused answer. Well, in over 100-plus years of, of, of football, you know, in the National Football League, over time it was established that there is a – a formula, a way, a methodology uh, which uh, allows you to build a program, build a philosophy and a strategy to where you can have sustained success. Okay. And what was that formula? Uh, it is first and foremost, score more points than the other team. Yeah, that stands That's to reason. That's where it all starts, right? Stands to reason. <laughs> now, the question, of course, debated hotly for decades is, well, who's more respo- responsible for the answer to that question? Is it the offense or is it the defense? Right. That's what changes over time. Currently, we feel in some ways like we're in a defense-heavy mode, right? Absolutely. Defenses are winning the day yeah. more often than not. Sure, there's some gaudy score lines out there occasionally, but for the most part, defenses are winning this tug-of-war in the NFL. Right. Why is that? Well, and that, that, I mean, that point that you just made, Andrew, is, is a direct correlation to the patience crisis that we have That's what you call, in our that's country. Right. You called it a patience <laughs> crisis. What do you mean by that? And what I mean by that is it's just like anything else. Everybody wants to be able to click a button and instantly... Okay, without going through the process, yes. we don't want to go to the mall. We want to be able to pick up our, our smart device, <laughs> hit a button, oh, and God. it's like the Jetsons. I find this very triggering right. when I consider how much, how many Amazon boxes show up right. at the there door every day. Yeah. And whatever we want, boom, yeah. it's right here. Yeah. You know, it's, you don't have to go and shop. You don't have to go and sort through. You don't have to worry about the cumbersome process of finding a parking space and, and, and all the other things that traditionally, all right, went into the process of, Shopping for groceries, shopping for things, and household okay, needs. Okay, so this current this current modality of being able to satisfy our urges almost instantly on almost every count. Well, the NFL is simply not immune to that energy. And so, yes, we are looking for fast results, instant results. Uh, we want it to be better now, 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 Veruca Salt style, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, 
what is that doing to quarterbacks? Because quarterbacks, in some ways, at least according to that metric, 40-54 starting right, quarterbacks, 56 right. by Saturday. Who knows where we'll, where, by where we'll end up. Andrew, i got Sunday another rather. stat for you. What, what, but how did we get to that place? Are we putting these young men in greater peril, or are we showing less faith in these young men, or is it the combination of both? And if we are putting them in more peril, who's to blame for that? Well, I've been coaching for 25-plus years, right? And and I would start by saying that this is the first time that I've experienced in the National Football League a trickle-up effect trickle as opposed up to— effect. Yeah, schematically. Okay, you know, interesting. The, the offensive uh, uh, schemes that you're seeing uh, more consistently in the National Football League is 11 personnel. That's three receivers on the field. Yep, one tight one end, tight one, end, one back. back, right? And so there's one of your two tackles— that will not have any player, uh, offensive player, next to him, adjacent to him, right, to give any type of residual support and pass protection. Uh, but more importantly, you're missing one additional blocker in the run game. Yes. All right, why is that important? I'll tell you why. Defensive football, they truly have to go through a process of elimination when they're facing an offensive, uh, okay, offensive so, unit. Okay, yeah, so let's put us on the field. Let's put us in the moment. The 40-second clock is now ticking down. It's down to 15. The coach's voice is no longer in the quarterback's ear. On the defensive side, as we count down to a snap, whenever that comes, we are going through a process of elimination, Coach Pep Hamilton says, in order to figure out what. What is the first question we need an answer to? The first question that you have to answer you know, defensively is, is there a chance – that they're going to run the football. Okay, listen to that, listener. Now, I set you up for that. Thank you for hitting it out of the park because I feel like we think of this league as a pass-driven, quarterback-driven, explosive play. You know, Justin Jeffersons of the world are going to benefit. The CeeDee Lambs of the world are going to benefit. The Lamar Jacksons of the world are going to just tear the, tear the roof off. And yet, the question that NFL defenses have to ask themselves first is a run coming my way? If the answer is no, what tipped them off? Real simple. Based on the quarterback's position in, rela- in relationship to uh, the center, yes. right? Is he under center? Yep. Is he in the shotgun? Right. And I said the quarterback. It's not really the quarterback. It's the halfback. If the halfback is behind the quarterback, yes. defensively, the linebackers, the secondary defenders, the safeties primarily, they have to be ready to defend the run to either side. Yes. Of the offensive right. formation. So there's no offensive having tipped my hand. My running back is directly behind the quarterback. Let's assume he's under center. Now he's going to turn his back to the defense and makes it even more difficult for me to figure out if there's going to be a handoff, first of all, and if so, is it going right? Is it going left? That's right. And then in some cases, you look at the Miami Dolphins. I would say, you know, they have arguably the uh, most exciting offense in the National Football League. Yeah, all League. that pre-snap motion right. can be dizzying. That That's a big part of what they do, but they're also – a run-first unit, and you don't think of them that way because they have Tyreek Hill. But if, if you watch the Miami Dolphins and you look closely at their offensive sets, Tua's not under center. He's in the shotgun, but the back is directly behind him. We call that a pistol set, a pistol formation. So now the, the, the defense, they still have to defend the, the outside run. zone, the run, all right? And in turn, when the quarterback turns his back to extend the ball and show the possibility that he's going to hand it off, the linebackers have to react. But the quarterback doesn't always have to 
hand the ball off. He can now retract the ball and snap his eyes around and throw a play-action pass. Okay, now that takes us to the next phase. Phase number one, defense has to identify, is a run coming? If the answer is no, what happens next? And how does this get back to the original question, which is how are young quarterbacks finding themselves in positions to fail, where they are more vulnerable, more injury-prone, more prone to mistakes? What is happening next? Well, the, the first thing that we, we have to establish is how much more athleticism they have collectively on the defensive units than we have on the offensive so units. So that is, before we even get to the answer then, you are pointing out the fact that defensive units are typically better athletes 11 versus 11 when yeah. you consider hat on hat. There are more good athletes on the defensive side of things than there are on the offensive side of the things, and that alone is creating an imbalance. Right, and, and everyone on the defense can Stand outrun your quarterback, right? Everybody on your defense can outrun your quarterback except for maybe the nose guard on the defense. Well, in the case of Jordan Davis, he can outrun most quarterbacks, yeah, that's, right? That's, that's Jordan very Davis, important to point out. Uh, of the Philadelphia yep. Eagles at 320 pounds. Yeah, Sean Kelly five. just smiled under University his, of Georgia, yeah, right? Yeah, he just smiled. Uh, from, uh, Eagles fan over right, there. From my hometown, you know, Mallet Creek High School, Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, you know. Right, yeah. Stand up, Charlotte. Let's go. But I, I made that point to, to say that defensively, most defensive coordinators program their guys to solve all problems with aggression. And so offensively, if you don't create the illusion that we can hand it off, we can retract it and throw it downfield, or we can boot fake, we can boot and get the quarterback out the pocket. Yes. All right. And still throw it downfield. We can boot fake and throw a screen. All right. There has we to be. We see that a lot from right. the Niners. We see that a lot from, well, we did with the Ravens, less now with the Ravens. We certainly see it a lot with the Bills. We see it a lot all over town. That's right. We're, we're starting to, the, the team's that are winning consistently, all right, they're able to put the defense on their heels by presenting multiple personnel groupings, all right, having their quarterback under center, all right, as often as they can, specifically on first and second down. Yes. All right, but more importantly, having packages where the initial disbursement of the offensive personnel, all right, the plays look the same. Yes, so it all comes out of base personnel, which typically means I'm expecting a run or at least to Pep Hamilton's anecdote and analysis. That's the first question I need to answer. Is a run coming? Okay. Now in this construct. But we, Andrew, let me cut advance. you off. You said base personnel. Yes. That's exactly right. We want the defense to be in base personnel. We want more heavy footed linebacker defensive end types on the field. All right. Then we do defensive backs. That run really and fast to the ball. And that only happens if they respect and fear the run. The run. Okay, so now we talk about these loaded boxes, and that's what we've, we've pulled, you know, one of these D-backs or safeties or what could be a D-back or a safety into the box, and now we have three linebackers, four down linemen, maybe only four, sometimes maybe only three, if they stack the box, as you call it. Okay. Once that happens, what happens? The pressure is now on the offense to innovate and figure out a way to beat that. So they pull the ball. It's not a run, or at least it may not still be a run. Right. Now we've got a quarterback in motion. The pocket has changed. He is now outside the pocket, or he is moving the pocket. Now we're looking at a pass. We're looking at an RPO. We're looking at a spread offense. And as fun as that is for the viewer to watch, that creates vulnerability for young quarterbacks. Without a doubt. Now, the young quarterback with – all quarterbacks, not just young quarterbacks, less is more. And what I've always told my young quarterbacks is you have to submit to my process. All right. You're you heavy handed coach. You, absolutely. You have to submit you, you have, to my process. You have to submit 
to my process because you really don't know what you don't know. Right. Right. And, and I have enough lumps where I've made mistakes and enough scars to remind me all right, of the things that that as a as a young coach that I was really unable to get my young quarterbacks to understand. Well, I, I've learned from those mistakes. And more importantly, for the most part, I survived those mistakes. Yeah. But I'm not going to allow you to uh, to make some of the same mistakes. And so what am I really saying? Okay, I have a a, a, a a poster board that I always put in the quarterback room, and it says this specifically: When you see a little, you see a lot. When you see a lot, you don't see anything. All right, that's profound for a quarterback. It is. But go ahead for the for the idiot like the one sitting next to right. you. Explain it. Explain what what. So, explain the wisdom that you see in that. Right. So so what I'm saying is when he breaks the huddle, before he gets to the line of scrimmage, we have a pre-snap checklist and an eye progression of things that he need to acknowledge on the other side of the ball before we start the cadence. That in itself will allow the young quarterback or any quarterback to go through a process of elimination, which ultimately is going to affect his ability to get the ball out of his hands and deliver it to the right place. Okay, uh, this is very nuanced. This is heady stuff. This is doctorate-level stuff. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast, Andrew Levy with Pep Hamilton. And coming up after the break, we're going to continue this fascinating conversation. There seems to be an epidemic of fallen starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And yet, in some ways, Pep Hamilton is reminding us, when you look at last year, 68 starting quarterbacks. This year, there'll be 56 at least by Sunday. Uh, It's not an epidemic. This is the current game. This is what's happening in the NFL. So instead of thinking of it as a disease, let's think of it as this is the new NFL. Well, Pep is going to explain that the new NFL uh, now includes not a devaluation of the quarterback. No, no, no. We're not saying these young men are, are expendable and we're going to put them out in harm's way and there's always going to be some guy waiting to take his place. No, it's not about the devaluation of the quarterback. It's the de emphasization it's de-emphasizing yeah. the nfl quarterback pep hamilton will explain after the break you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. We interrupt this podcast to bring you breaking NFL news that came from none other than the commissioner himself, Roger Goodell, from the league meeting in Dallas. NFL commissioner Roger Goodell made news today, the most exciting of which affects our future international travel plans, NFL fans. Pack a bathing suit. We're going to Rio, y'all. For that news, let's kick it over to the TA set. Kimmy checks with Judy Batista. Big news day today out of Dallas as the December league meeting wrapped up the international series 
expands to Sao Paulo, Brazil next year. You heard us talk about it earlier and brings to eight international games in 2025. Commissioner Roger Goodell also said today he expects a female general manager to happen soon. The commissioner spoke about the front office accelerator program and player health and safety this afternoon. DEI and, and the efforts to make our league more diverse only make our league better. Uh, we saw it today. Uh, we saw it over the last couple of days, incredible talent, uh, incredible people are going to make, are making our league better today and will continue to grow and continue to move into positions, general managers, head coaches. Uh, they obviously weren't here today, the head coaches, but we see that talent across the league. I think that's fundamental to who we are. Uh, diversity is fundamental to who we are, and I think um, we all see the benefits of that and, and the importance of doing that right. Hip drop, I would tell you, I think we all should work to get that out of the game. Uh, you see uh, it escalated in the number of times it occurred this season. Uh, the injury can be very devastating. We saw that also. It's not just happening at the NFL level. It's happening at other levels. Uh, it's something that uh, I feel we've got to work uh, very hard to get that removed this spring. Joining us live from the league meetings in Dallas, our very own. Let's welcome in Judy Batista. Judy, you just heard commissioner say he wants the hip drop tackle out of the game. Where's the rest of the league standing on this issue? Yeah, very much in concert with what Roger Goodell said um, that the hip drop tackle has to come out of the game. Remember, the competition committee took a long look at the play last offseason, and the complication was they weren't sure how they could write the rule effectively so that it could be officiated easily, and they were concerned about whether officials would be able to see the penalty in real time so that they could throw the flag. But frankly, uh, there have been so many injuries, including high-profile ones. We saw Tyreek Hill this week. Geno Smith earlier in the season, not just injuries in the NFL, but injuries at the college level, too, that they are going to go back at it this spring. And you heard the commissioner and Troy Vincent said it also. It's going to come out of the game. They've got to figure out how to write the rule to get it out of the game this spring. Uh, another thing they are going to look at is the tush push, the quarterback push play that, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles have perfected. I think that one's probably going to stick around. Um, Troy Vincent said, look, the Eagles do it really well, and you you don't want to be in the business of penalizing teams for doing something well. It's not really run often enough that it produces any injury data. So I think they're going to look at the tush push, but I would say it's more likely that that one sticks around for another season at least. Another huge conversation at these meetings has been the expansion of the NFL. Yam already volunteered us. We can volunteer you as well. Your bags can be Me packed. Too. All of ours can be packed because we're <laughs> off to Brazil next year as the NFL's international series continues to expand. What's the emphasis on going worldwide with the game? Well, look, it's been received so well, the games in London and the games in Germany, and of course the game they always play in Mexico City. They haven't played there in a few years, but they intend to go back there. And so now they're going to South America for the very first time. They will play in Sao Paulo next season, 2024. But also, the owners approved a measure that starting with the 2025 season, the league will be allowed to play as many as eight games internationally. And that does not include the game that the Jaguars play at Wembley Stadium. So theoretically, 
theoretically, you could have nine international games. Now, they expect to ramp that up. They're not going to go to nine in 2025. But that does open the door for the league to play in other international markets like Paris, um, which is certainly going to be on the agenda. Madrid, which was considered for uh, 2024, was beaten out by Brazil. But Madrid, Barcelona, Berlin, those are some of the places that have expressed interest in hosting NFL games and that the NFL would be very, very interested in playing in. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a real treat to have Pep Hamilton in the chair because Pep is giving us a rather nuanced answer to something that we are seeing every week, guys. I don't care if you're a fantasy owner. We're going to talk about fantasy yeah, in fantasy a second owners. because I think fantasy football triggers you a little bit. <laughs> you're right. going to explain why. <laughs> if you're a fantasy owner, if you're just uh, a fan like most of us are of an NFL team and you have seen your starting quarterback go down this year, we all think, woe is me, and yet you look around and you realize, Woe is everyone. It's happening everywhere. Pep Hamilton has explained to us that an NFL defense, job number one is identify if a run is coming. If a run isn't coming, they tend to pin their ear backs and they go after the quarterback. Now, the way that coaches, these geniuses like, yes, Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid and, and uh, Mike McDaniel, the way that they counteract that is to put a lot of guys in motion and the art of distraction. Well, what that does is that leaves quarterbacks vulnerable because they are basically being asked to do RPO and spread offenses with very little protection, certainly less protection than they had to your anecdote about there's always going to be one tackle exposed so that may explain the number of quarterbacks going down pep shut me up take it from here well i'll piggyback to your point about the rpo think about it it's a run pass option but if if the quarterback after looking at the defense decides that his best option is to pass the ball he doesn't have the corresponding pass protection to support that if the place that he intends to pass the ball is not available. That yes. receiver, that area of the field, because it's more so a, a, a patch of grass that you're looking to see if if there's a defender still in that space or not. You're not reading coverages at that point. Right. You're All not right. going through progressions. You're not going through you a are progression. now reacting to crisis. Yeah. You're you're just you're looking and saying, okay, did the the B gap defender on the backside of our outside zone scheme? All right. Did he chase the ball? Or did he hang backside? And if he hung backside now, hand the ball off. Pressure's on. You but hand if the ball chase off. Chase the ball. We now pull pull the ball, and there is a route that should show up in that space. All right, in a timely manner. Okay, give me a team, give me a route, and we'll find it to play for the listener right now. A perfect example that you're seeing out there in the NFL. Name check a team and a and a scheme that 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 perfectly elucidates this point. Real simple. The the Philadelphia Eagles. Boom. Okay, Shane Steichen, who was the offensive coordinator uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles prior to becoming the head coach in Indianapolis, at the Indianapolis Colts. All right, he he really he went in and installed. 
All right. The same system that we used at the L.A. Chargers. And I want to say it was 2020. OK. When we both had Justin Herbert as a rookie. Right. And uh, right now the Colts call more RPOs. Right, than any other team in the league. Right. right? Uh, Coop, you heard the man. Let's take us back to slightly happier times. It's still good in Philly. It's still good to be an Eagles fan right now, but slightly happier times when this offense under Shane Steichen was hitting sixth gear. Hurts in the gun. Hurts. This time, fakes. He's back. He's looking deep. He wants A.J. Brown. And it is caught for a touchdown, A.J. Brown. Okay, uh, Coach, thank you for that. That is uh, the perfect sort of reminder of what this looks like when NFL offenses counteract the NFL defenses that you described earlier. You said everybody wants a problem solver now, and everybody wants a quick fix now. A lot of times I'm seeing, correct me if I'm wrong, that NFL quarterbacks, the problem-solving skill set that we now require them to have is I need you to solve this problem with your legs, not with an out, not with a security blanket, not, not with, a check with down taking to a, headback, a sack, right? a check down, or yeah, throwing it away. Right. No, you've got to have the skills now to not waste a down, right. problem solve with your legs. The, the level of vulnerability now goes sky high. Yeah, two things that happen is, is once again, it's the trickle-up effect. The talent pool has changed. High school football, spread, air raid, uh, RPOs, uh, zone reads. Uh, my son, Jackson Hamilton, uh, one of the best uh, dual threat quarterbacks in his class, you know, and uh, he's in high school. And, and now college football, it, it, you're seeing uh, uh, the same types of schemes, right? And so organically that talent pool of quarterbacks, the Caleb Williams, you know, he's not just hanging out in one spot. He's, he's like uh, everybody wants him to be the next Pat Mahomes, right? Uh, you, you have guys that come along. And the next Patrick Mahomes is going to be like Patrick Mahomes. You're not talking traditional three, five, and seven step drops and staying in the pocket. No, you never know what's going to happen right. next with these guys. But, but let me tell you this, though. I can assure you of this. If you're not careful and you want to play the game off schedule, all right, what's going to happen is in time, they're going to catch a quarterback. Yeah. Don't catch up with them. Because you already pointed out earlier, and I think it's very interesting and important for the listener to hear because it, it sat me straight up, that you said typically 10 or 11 defensive players are faster, faster. than the NFL quarterback. Absolutely. That tells you a lot right. at the stress level, the threat level that these quarterbacks face yeah. every single snap. The solution here, Coach Hamilton, in your estimation, is one that makes quarterbacks nervous and yet should make... NFL fans fascinated and curious. The answer, according to Pap Hamilton, is to de-emphasize the quarterback the position. Quarterback position. Yeah. Coach, what would that look like? Simply put, the San Francisco 49ers, arguably the best team in the National Football League I right would, now. I would argue of, against it. Of conference, right? All right, at the top of the heap, they call more run plays on first and second down than any other team in the National Football League. That's been the case in recent years. They're one of the more efficient teams in running the football on first and second down. But in turn, all right, they're one of the more efficient passing teams. They're taking, all right, a, a candidate to be the MVP of the National Football League in Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, and he is playing winning football because the first thing that a defensive coordinator, all right, it, what keeps him up at night, the thing that he wants to stop first and foremost is the runs that come right at him. All right, right through their A, B, C, and D gaps and and deal with everything else, react to everything else. And so Brock Purdy's seeing more 
single high coverages, not shell coverages. I'm talking one safety in the post. All right, with the exception of the corners, everybody else near the line of scrimmage. Yes. And there's a lot of grass for those secondary players on the defense to defend. And the way the league is built, you can't touch a receiver out the five yards. A lot different than college football. Yes, sir. <laughs> and so Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, all right, th- those guys that, that have speed and, and uh, the skill guys that they have at the 49ers, Kittles and the rest, they're going to they're gonna create separation and they're going to have large patches of grass where they're going to catch the ball and make guys miss. And in both of those cases, we are talking about consistency at quarterback this season. Tua, long maligned for not being available enough, uh, you know, too injury prone, too fragile was the knock on him. Uh, he engaged in a very different offseason approach this year, and he is, uh, has been available um, just about every week. Same can be said of Brock Purdy, and we see the results. So those two teams, the Dolphins and the Niners, uh, currently the outliers, but real concern everywhere else to scheme up a modern offense, answering this incredibly electric and athletic NFL defense, to scheme it up in a way that doesn't put your quarterback at risk. Can I infer from your analysis, Coach, and thank you so much for your time today, that if you were to pick a Super Bowl matchup right now, that it might just be Niners and Dolphins? Niners, for sure, would be... Um, so half of it is yeah, right. It, it, you feel it, confident yeah, about that I feel half. confident that... A little bit harder to pick teams from the AFC. It seems wide open, hard to predict. Who is the class of the AFC in your estimation when you consider the current threat, the current trends, uh, the current mm-hmm. NFL offenses that are wonderful to watch R- right and yet now, worrisome yeah. too? Right now today is the Baltimore Ravens, it in is. my opinion. It is the Ravens. Why the Ravens over uh, a proven... In past, uh, they'll get it right. Uh, Chiefs team yeah. over a Dolphins team that on their day can out sprint everybody. They're an Olympic track team. Right. Why the Ravens? They can stop the run. That helps, right? They can run the football and in doing so, control the game script. Control the game, right? They, they're, you know, they're not going to allow, all right, the other team to to get a big lead. Yes, that's, sir. That's something else that you know is really problematic for all quarterbacks is when you're playing from behind, right? But I, I think Lamar Jackson today. Uh, has shown us once again that there are no can't-dos with regards to his ability to play the position. Yes, sir. He can throw the football, all right? He can play off schedule. But what's different, you know, when you look at Lamar Jackson compared to some of the other dual-threat-style quarterbacks, is in in the open field, he is as electric as any other person on the offensive unit. As you're running back, receivers, he can run as fast as he need to yes, he can. and make people miss. And uh, it's hard for defenders to catch him and get a square hit on him. Yeah, and, and he still poses that threat, even though this season we think a little bit less when we think of the Ravens offense as being a Lamar Jackson legs-driven enterprise. It does seem a little bit more traditional, more drop back, more stay in the pocket, which speaks to the diversity of Lamar Jackson's extraordinary skill set. Coach, As a quarterback's coach, as an offensive coordinator in the NFL and at the highest level of the collegiate game, how hard is it to convince a young man, whether it's in college or the pros, to keep his head, to believe in the process, to believe in the game plan when you are 10, 14 points behind in the second quarter? Well, I think a big part of it is the plays that we call. Yeah, it's one thing to say, okay, well, I'm going to just call four verts and hope that he has the discipline all right, to if the deep the, the deep pass is not there yeah. to take the check down. Is it you you uh, you were in Andrew Luxier? You know he did a yeah. couple things in this game. You were in Andrew Luxier at the peak of his powers. Right. 
uh, I'm certain you were behind in some games in first half uh, of yeah. some of the NFL games uh, through no fault of your own. There you are with the offense uh, playing from behind. What's your approach as a coach? Do you start to to get a little panicky and call plays that you wouldn't have wanted to, to call at this stage of the game, let's say at second quarter, or are you in the ear of your quarterback keeping him calm, having him believe in the long game that don't worry about it, we're going to continue, we're going we're gonna to do what we said we were going to do this week, hang in there, believe in this, believe in yourself, and by the end we'll, we'll have won this race. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and my relationship with Andrew started when he was at Stanford. I coached him. For two to three years at Stanford. Yes, you did. And so uh, we had a certain synergy that allowed us to to trust each other. How important is that? That's so important. Is it, it everything? It all starts there. Yeah. Because when you're looking for the perfect play on your call sheet, all right, you're going to hesitate. And all of a sudden, the clock is ticking and you go with the general play that you would expect for that situation right, right. as opposed to the play that you may feel best about beating the defense and and you just got to trust that that quarterback has the discipline the progression discipline to not force the ball if the deep pass is not God, there it's got to be it's got to be hard to be a human being right <laughs> it's hard to be a human being watching these things and having your emotions riding on it but when you consider and put yourself in Andrew Luck and Pep Hamilton's shoes this Indianapolis Colts offense uh you know three straight uh, seasons of 11 wins or more great stuff that you guys pulled off there and and to think that okay um, you have to remind yourself with seven minutes to go in the second quarter and you're down a couple of touchdowns that I don't have to have a 90-second drive here just because the fans are worried and we're worried. No, a four, a five, a six-minute drive Drew, we were down is just points. as good. Drew, we were down 28 points here in we the go. playoff game Yes, against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, you were. And we came back and won that game. You're damn right you did. How, how, when did that uh, comeback begin? You were down 28. In the third quarter. In the third quarter, yes. The Thank very you for first me. drive of the second half, he threw a pick six. Is that the best coaching job you've ever done on the fly, is to, is to take a horse that was wounded at the start and have it win the race in the end? How do you do that? That had nothing to do with coaching. That no. had everything to do with the resilience and really just the competitive nature of one of the best quarterbacks to play the game, even though his career ended short. You know, he... It, it, it's just like a very good coach and a very good leader and a wonderful guest, Pep Hamilton, to give, of course, credit to the players when he deserves a hell of a lot more than he will ever let on. As the coach of this team, I'm giving credit to my players, too. You're you. amazing. Ladies thank and gentlemen, you, thank, thank you. you so much to Pep Hamilton for joining us today. I want to invite the listener to join us tomorrow morning when we are going to open the reporter's notebook with their permission. Jane Slater is going to sound off on the Cowboys. James Palmer is going to be here to talk Chiefs and Eagles and Bills and, oh, who knows? We'll throw some other stuff at him, too. That's tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.